Welcome, distinguished listeners, to the premier episode of Business Boost, your must-listen podcast for mastering the world of business, powered by Shape Concierge, the ultimate partner for luxury concierge services, bespoke experiences, and unrivaled business consultancy. I'm your host, Porter Penrose. Accompanying me on this journey are our esteemed co-hosts, Charlotte Knight and Miranda Milieu. Each week, we'll bring you the most compelling business stories, tapping into the pulse of global markets and offering unique insights that spark action, drive results, and empower you to stay ahead of the curve. We hope in future to hear from trailblazing business owners, visionary leaders, and ambitious professionals who are looking to level up their careers, and we're committed to delivering the freshest news and insights from the ever-evolving world of business. In today's inaugural episode, we'll delve into an array of captivating topics, including global inflation and its impact on the UK, USA and China, China's massive bailouts for the Belt and Road Initiative, exclusive updates from Wall Street, the Nasdaq and the S&P 500, the urgent need for transformative change at John Lewis, the UK's foray into the Pacific trade deal and the awe-inspiring future of artificial intelligence. But first, let's explore Shape Concierge's Business Boost Consultancy Service, an indispensable tool that helps your business conquer new heights. Our data-driven approach, cost-effective solutions and trailblazing strategies empower you to outpace the competition. With our support, you'll amplify your brand's visibility, credibility and professional network, all while enjoying a lucrative return on investment in the luxury space. Now, let's embark on our first enthralling discussion. Global inflation and its varying impact on the UK, USA and China. Charlotte, please shed some light on the current inflation rates and how UK, USA and China compare. Absolutely, Porter. As of February 2023, the inflation rates for these countries are staggering. China's Consumer Price Index, CPI, stands at 1%, the USA's CPI at 6%, and the UK's CPI at a jaw-dropping 10.4%. While the conflict in Ukraine and its impact on energy and food prices are significant contributors, we must also consider other factors, such as supply chain disruptions, labour shortages and fiscal policies. The pandemic led to a shift in consumer spending patterns, with many people prioritising home improvements and other durable goods over services. This surge in demand, coupled with supply chain disruptions, created bottlenecks and drove up prices. To tackle inflation, central banks have been raising interest rates. However, this approach can have unintended consequences, such as increasing unemployment rates and exacerbating income inequality. It's crucial to explore alternative methods that minimise the impact on workers and the labour market. One creative approach could be to incentivise investments in renewable energy and green technology. This would help reduce the reliance on fossil fuels, stabilise energy prices and mitigate inflationary pressures while addressing climate change. Industries heavily dependent on raw materials and energy, like manufacturing and transportation, have been hit hardest. On the other hand, Technology companies that rely more on intellectual property and human capital have been more resilient. Looking ahead, we may see a trend towards increased automation and localization of supply chains. This could help reduce labor costs and mitigate the risks associated with global disruptions. However, it may also lead to job losses, necessitating retraining and reskilling programs. High inflation in the UK and the US has the potential to create social unrest and political instability. Furthermore, it may strain international relations, 
as countries compete for scarce resources and adopt protectionist measures. On the other hand, China's relatively low inflation rate may provide it with a strategic advantage. As a major global player, China could use its economic stability to increase its influence in international trade and finance. Let's move on to our next topic to discuss, which is China's Belt and Road Initiative. Miranda. The BRI is an ambitious global infrastructure development strategy initiated by China in 2013, with an estimated $838 billion in lending. While it has facilitated infrastructure growth in many developing countries, it has also led to significant debt problems. China's rescue loans are typically opaque, have high interest rates, and are targeted primarily at BRI debtors, which has contributed to an opaque and fractured global financial system. As an example, between 2000 and 2021, China provided 128 bailout loans worth $240 billion to 20 countries. A considerable portion of these loans were disbursed between 2019 and 2021. These loans are often a bailout for China's banks, which have underpinned much of the BRI lending and experienced significant losses as a result. With regards to creativity, it's essential to consider how China's role as an international lender of last resort could potentially reshape the global financial landscape. One unconventional idea is the emergence of a multipolar financial system where traditional institutions like the IMF and the World Bank coexist with China's lending practices, leading to more diverse options for borrowing countries, but also increased complexity in the global financial architecture. Additionally, we must consider multiple perspectives when analyzing the BRI's impact on China's domestic financial situation. On the one hand, heavy investment in infrastructure projects can provide short-term economic stimulus and create jobs. On the other hand, the resulting debt burden could lead to fiscal disarray and decreased public services in local governments. Critically analyzing China's role as an international lender of last resort, we can identify some strengths, such as providing emergency liquidity support to crisis countries and promoting infrastructure development. However, weaknesses include opacity, relatively high interest rates, and the potential to exacerbate debt distress in emerging markets. Based on current trends, we can predict that China's growing role as an international lender of last resort could lead to more countries relying on Chinese bailout loans in times of financial distress. This reliance might further shift the global financial power dynamics and increase China's influence on the world stage. Utilizing domain-specific knowledge in the field of international finance, it's crucial to recognize that China's BRI and its rescue loans can significantly affect the global financial architecture. By providing bailout loans and swap lines, China is challenging the existing international financial order, which has been primarily dominated by Western institutions like the IMF and the World Bank. Synthesizing seemingly unrelated concepts, we can draw connections between China's BRI and its domestic financial challenges. The BRI's debt problems can have a direct impact on China's local governments, which are struggling with debt themselves. This interconnectedness highlights the complex nature of the global financial system and the need for a comprehensive approach to address financial challenges. The Chinese government also seemed to be trying to reassure entrepreneurs and foreign investors that they're open for business. Charlotte, what is your viewpoint on this? It seems like there's been a significant shift in the messaging from the Chinese authorities, especially after the Cyberspace Administration of China declared that the legitimate rights of the corporate class would be respected. 
This is a stark contrast to the intense crackdown we've witnessed over the past two years on companies ranging from property developers to tech giants. And it's interesting to see that the once-missing billionaire Jack Ma has reappeared in China, just as the government is trying to project a pro-business image. This could be a strategic move to show that they're open to dialogue with entrepreneurs. It seems like the Chinese government is worried about the economic slowdown caused by COVID restrictions, and President Xi Jinping is launching a charm offensive to convince both domestic and foreign investors that China's economy is open for business. But do you think this change in approach is genuine or just a temporary move? It's hard to say for sure, but it's worth noting that the Chinese government still wants to maintain control over the private sector. While they're looking to promote growth, their recent actions show that they're not willing to completely let go of their grip on businesses. While the Chinese government might be trying to show a pro-business image, they're not entirely relaxing their control. The Communist Party is still tightening its grip on the tech industry, with many large tech groups adding state-appointed directors and shareholders in key operating entities. So it seems like a balancing act between promoting growth and maintaining control. And as for foreign investors, it's important to remember that doing business in China comes with its own set of risks and challenges. While the Chinese government is trying to project a positive image, recent events, such as the detainment of local employees of US due diligence firm Mintz Group and the arrest of a Japanese worker at Astellas Pharma on allegations of espionage, are reminders of the risks associated with operating in China. It's also worth noting that even though global CEOs are showing a sense of optimism, there's still an underlying mood of caution. Many US CEOs are keeping a low profile and avoiding sensitive topics, which could be due to congressional scrutiny of their China ties back home. It's going to be interesting to see how the situation unfolds and whether this pro-business stance from the Chinese government is here to stay. For now, we'll have to wait and see how these impact both domestic and foreign businesses operating in China. Let's delve into the hidden side of Wall Street's recent crisis and the role of tech giants like Apple and Microsoft. The S&P 500 index, a barometer for corporate America's health, has been significantly influenced by Apple and Microsoft. With their combined market value, they account for a considerable portion of the index, and over $15 trillion in assets are linked to its performance. This skewed representation can camouflage underlying issues, a dynamic not entirely new. We've seen similar situations in history with dominant industries, but the scale of tech giants like Apple and Microsoft is unprecedented. In March, the failures of two regional banks in the US and a global investment bank rescue in Europe shook the financial system. Yet the S&P 500 ended the month up 3.5%, with Apple and Microsoft responsible for half that gain. This discrepancy raises questions about the index's accuracy in reflecting overall market health. Surprisingly, Apple and Microsoft seemed immune to the banking crisis, with excitement over artificial intelligence boosting their growth. Factors like diverse product portfolios, adaptability, and cloud computing services expansion contributed to their success. While some argue that it's market-driven, others are concerned about potential consequences, such as an overemphasis on tech, monopolistic behaviours, and a fragile system vulnerable to disruptions. Developing alternative market indices that consider sector diversity, geographical distribution, or even environmental, social, and governance, ESG criteria, could provide investors with a more comprehensive market view. 
As investors seek refuge in large tech companies, we may see overvaluation and increased market volatility, yet their strong balance sheets and continuous innovation make them reliable long-term investments. Looking ahead, it's crucial to consider how big tech's influence will shape Wall Street and the broader market. We might see a rise in regulations to curb their power or an increased focus on antitrust measures. The rapid growth of emerging technologies like blockchain, quantum computing and biotechnology could usher in new market leaders, changing current market dynamics. The recent collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank has emphasised the need for financial stability for small businesses and raised concerns about asset safety in other banks and potential economic impact. Decentralised finance, DeFi platforms, could offer small businesses a way to ensure deposit safety by accessing financial services without traditional banks. Diversifying holdings into DeFi platforms like Compound and Aave could reduce exposure to centralised bank risks. However, it's crucial to acknowledge the risks, such as volatility, regulatory uncertainty and potential security vulnerabilities. Charlotte Blockchain technology could provide a decentralised banking system with improved transparency, security and efficiency. Small businesses could participate by using digital currencies or stablecoins as alternative asset storage. Circle's USDC stablecoin, for example, provides a stable value pegged to the US dollar. Implementing large-scale blockchain solutions may face regulatory hurdles and require significant infrastructure investments. Businesses should also consider digital currency fluctuations, potential impact on cash flow and financial planning. Stricter regulations and improved risk management practices could result in a more resilient banking sector, reducing bank failures and associated risks for small businesses. Small business owners should assess their risk levels with current banking relationships, diversify their holdings across multiple banks, or explore alternative options like the IntraFi network which provides access to FDIC insurance beyond the standard $250,000 limit. Staying informed about emerging technologies and financial sector trends can help small businesses adapt and thrive. By engaging with domain-specific knowledge and understanding the potential of technologies like AI and quantum computing, businesses can make informed decisions to ensure financial stability. Proactively assessing financial risks, exploring innovative solutions, and staying abreast of trends and technologies will help small businesses navigate potential future banking crises and ensure long-term success. Increased adoption of digital banking and hybrid financial models may result from this proactive approach. As we discuss future hybrid models, let's examine the challenges faced by British retailer John Lewis. Charlotte, can you give us a detailed overview of the current situation? John Lewis faces financial hurdles due to massive debts and competition from online rivals. The retailer is considering selling a stake in the business, raising up to £2 billion in new investment, but ending full employee ownership after over 100 years. They aim to shift into new areas like financial services and building flats to rent above some supermarkets. Retail experts in The Guardian have shared varied perspectives on John Lewis's strategy. Julian Richer advocates for retrenchment. Guy Singh Watson proposes focusing on cost-cutting measures and enhancing core competencies, while Neil Saunders believes the partnership should concentrate on reinvigorating its core businesses. John Lewis could develop strategic partnerships with emerging brands, 
offering retail space and resources to grow their businesses. This would attract new customers and foster innovation. Additionally, they could explore new revenue streams, such as developing a subscription-based loyalty program that offers exclusive perks, discounts and experiences. We can expect a continued shift towards e-commerce and technology-driven shopping experiences. John Lewis will need to focus on digital transformation and omni-channel strategies. Additionally, consumer preferences may evolve to emphasise sustainability and socially responsible business practices. In terms of the retail landscape, we might see a rise in experiential retail concepts, where stores focus on unique, immersive experiences for customers. John Lewis could potentially capitalise on this trend to differentiate itself and attract a new generation of shoppers. As we talk about attracting the new, let's discuss the UK's recent accession to the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, CPTPP. This significant move makes the UK the first new nation and first European country to join the trade bloc since 2018. It highlights the UK government's determination to seize post-Brexit opportunities, despite controversy and minimal economic gains. Joining the CPTPP gives the UK a stronger economic presence in a region grappling with the rise of China, which has also applied to join the trade bloc. Interestingly, the UK's decision could set the stage for other European countries to explore joining the CPTPP, potentially reshaping global trade dynamics and strengthening the bloc's influence on the world stage. However, joining the CPTPP may make it more difficult for the UK to rejoin the EU in the future. We should also address criticisms surrounding this decision, such as cutting UK tariffs on Malaysian palm oil imports linked to rainforest destruction, which has been met with outrage from environmental groups like Greenpeace UK. Additionally, there's concern about secret courts governing trade disputes between CPTPP members and the UK, which could spark protests like those that scuppered trade talks between the EU and Washington in 2016. The potential impact on the UK's agriculture and food industry is worth discussing too. For example, the deal allows for a 13,000-tonne annual quota of Canadian beef imports, which must meet UK food standards. This raises concerns about the influence of hormone-treated beef on the UK market. The UK's decision to join the CPTPP has far-reaching implications. As the trade bloc evolves, it's crucial to monitor how these developments will impact not only the UK, but also the global economic landscape. Let's explore the potentials and pitfalls of AI and examine the need for more sophisticated debates around AI regulation. ChatGPT by OpenAI is truly revolutionising how we interact with technology. Imagine an AI that could help scientists discover new materials or even compose music that moves our souls. However, with such power comes responsibility. Disinformation campaigns, privacy invasion and job displacement are just some of the potential risks associated with this technology. OpenAI CEO Sam Altman is well aware of these concerns, striving to strike a balance between innovation and ethical development. Altman envisions AI as a tool to drive prosperity and equality on a global scale. OpenAI's mission to ensure that AGI benefits all of humanity is ambitious, but it demonstrates Altman's commitment to ethical AI development. For instance, OpenAI's charter emphasizes long-term safety and cooperative orientation, positioning the organization as a global leader in AI research. It's essential to consider various perspectives on AI's impact. While some fear that AI will eliminate jobs, others argue that it could create new opportunities 
and reshape our understanding of human intelligence and creativity. For example, AI could open up new career paths in AI ethics, monitoring and governance. And let's not forget the competitive landscape. Tech giants like Google, Meta and Baidu are all vying for AI supremacy. OpenAI's gradual release of ChatGPT is a strategic move, allowing time for society to adapt and address the challenges AI presents, while fostering a more collaborative approach to AI development. And OpenAI's business model warrants attention. As a capped profit company, OpenAI secures investments from major players like Microsoft while limiting profit distribution. This model ensures surplus revenue is reinvested into the non-profit arm of OpenAI, potentially contributing to global wealth redistribution. It's fascinating to think about how AI could shape wealth distribution. While Altman hasn't provided specifics, it's evident that he's dedicated to discovering innovative solutions to the challenges posed by AI's economic and societal impact. For instance, one could envision a future where AI-generated income supports social programs or universal basic income initiatives. As we look to the future of AI, we must recognise the influence of rationalists and effective altruists. These groups, concerned about AI's existential risks, have played a crucial role in shaping AI development at organisations like OpenAI and DeepMind. While these groups are sometimes criticised for being alarmist, they help maintain a balance between AI's potential and its inherent dangers. Their presence in top AI labs ensures that safety and ethics remain a priority in the development of AI technologies like ChatGPT. Public debates around AI often present two alternate realities. AI as a remarkable yet potentially dangerous innovation requiring careful governance, or AI as an opportunity to turbocharge innovation and economic growth. To better understand and regulate AI, we should avoid focusing on specific crises or individual companies and instead build a regulatory system based on broader assumptions, such as how AI affects privacy, security, and the job market. One example of AI's potential impact is autonomous vehicles, which promise to revolutionize transportation, but also raise questions about safety, insurance, and the future of jobs in related industries. This highlights the need for a comprehensive approach to AI regulation, considering various viewpoints and consequences. AI regulation is a generational challenge requiring new laws, public bodies, rights, and duties. While the economic effects of AI may take longer to materialize than many expect, history suggests that businesses will need time to adapt to the new technology. Though AI is likely to have significant economic impacts, we should be cautious about expecting rapid acceleration in economic growth due to AI. AI-driven economic changes may be a story for 2030, not the immediate future. The future of AI is both exciting and uncertain. We must approach this topic with open minds and a willingness to adapt, as the challenges and opportunities AI presents are ever-evolving. It's crucial to maintain a balanced and sophisticated debate on AI's potential consequences and the need for thoughtful governance, approaching AI regulation with both realism and foresight. Wow, what an enlightening discussion we've had today. Diving into the intricacies of global inflation, the challenges faced by China's Belt and Road Initiative, the state of Wall Street, John Lewis's adaptive approach, the UK's integration into the Pacific trade deal and the future possibilities of AI. A massive thank you to both Charlotte and Miranda for sharing their valuable insights on these critical business topics. 
No doubt our listeners have gained a deeper understanding of the current business environment and its potential impact on their own ventures. As we bring this inaugural episode of the Business Boost podcast to a close, we want to ignite a conversation with you, our valued listeners. How have these stories influenced your business or career? What innovative strategies have you adopted to stay ahead in this rapidly changing market? We're genuinely curious to learn from your experiences. Your insights could be the catalyst for other listeners, and we might even feature your stories in future episodes. And of course, our spotlight today is on Shape Concierge's Business Boost Consultancy Service, the key to unlocking your business's potential in the luxury space. By leveraging our data-driven approach and cost-effective solutions, you'll be empowered to outperform the competition and elevate your brand's reputation and credibility. Discover more at shapeconcierge.com. Once again, I'm Porter Penrose, accompanied by Charlotte Knight and Miranda Milieu, and this has been the Business Boost podcast. We're thrilled to have you as part of our community, and we eagerly anticipate connecting with you again next week for more top business-related stories. Until then, goodbye and stay inspired. Live your luxurious life.